Good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk Certification, a live recording of a podcast program hosted by the American Institute of Building Design. I'm Steve Mickley, AIBD's Chief Staff Officer, and I'm happy to be here hosting this month's show. Each month, a guest CPBD shares their approach that they use to prepare for the Certified Professional Building Designer exam. Normally, that'd be someone who's taken uh, the exam. That's how they become CPBDs. But today, we're going to stray a little bit from that because we've got a special guest, AIBD's president-elect, Bernie Kern, who is actively working towards getting his CPBD designation. There's going to be plenty of time for you guys to ask questions. As soon as they come to mind, just simply type them into the uh, question box. The final edited version of this podcast will be joining all the other monthly podcasts that we've had up to now at a dedicated website, aibd.org slash podcasts. You can also uh, find us on Spotify, um, all your favorite um, uh, podcast channels, as well as Let's Talk Certification is now on iHeartRadio. So unfortunately, this is not the kind of program that qualifies for continuing education credits, although I hear that people do tend to pick up some tips now and then with every broadcast, so it will be worth your while. And the last thing before we forget, I have to remind everyone that the opinions expressed during this broadcast are those of the participants and not necessarily of the AIBD. And as always, we must be mindful of the AIBD antitrust statement found in the Institute Book of Rules, and this is being obviously recorded for future distribution. Bernie, it's great to have you with us today. Yeah, thank you, Steve, and um, thank you for the inv invitation to this podcast. No worries. Thanks for taking the time to tell us about yourself. Let us know what you're doing to prepare for the exam. And we're probably going to talk a little bit of AIBD politics, too. I want to know what you have in mind for your tenure as president. But first, I went back and looked at your educational history, and I thought I was looking at a bowl of alphabet soup. Five different schools you went to? Is, is Am I reading that correctly? That, that's correct. I thought for a while there I was just going to be a professional student for the rest of my life, but yeah, that's correct. <laughs> so we've got University of Colorado Springs. What's the other one? PPCC. I know that's a local one as well. Pikes Peak? Yeah, Pikes Peak Community College. And I see a USC is written down here. Yeah. So University, University, University of Colorado. Oh, okay. I was thinking that was Southern California. I, I had the wrong USC. Yeah. And so what did you finally decide on, and, and did you finish anything? I did. I started out in architecture. I went down to Mesa, Arizona, started school there right after I got out of um, high school, and uh, spent a few years down there. And after I finished a major in engineering, I came back to Colorado Springs, and um, I hooked up with a structural engineering company almost within a year after I got back, and uh, started working for them. And then they really liked the the drafting techniques that I had learned over the years at college. They wanted me to advance as an engineer in their office. And they're the ones that sent me to the other schools like University of Southern Colorado just to continue increasing my engineering skills. And uh, they paid for that for me and I worked for them during the day. But something happened and about the mid late 1980s, that's when we had our, our major gas crunch. And a lot of business here in Colorado Springs um, got very slow and some of them closed shop. And that's what happened to this engineering department or engineering company that I worked for. But 
I'm really glad that I was able to spend time with him as I did. I believe I worked for them for about five years, but something happened while I was working for them is I started reviewing plans for architectural blueprints and builders would come in and I would review all their structural sheets, size all their beams and headers and columns and such. And one person came in that I would meet for the first time and his name was Larry Gilland. And he came in and I was able to review all the plans that came out of his office and did that for him for a couple of years. When the uh, engineering company went out of business, Larry had contacted me and asked me if I would go work for him in his office. He said he could use some engineering experience in his office. I said, yeah, that sounds really cool. And so I worked for Larry Gillen for a while and somehow I just kind of morphed into not just creating structural sheets or reviewing structural sheets, but I got into architecture. And I started doing projects from beginning to end, doing complete sets of architectural plans. I guess a few years after that, I got asked by a builder if I would come in and be their architectural designer in their office. And the pay was very well. So I told Larry, I said, hey, I'm thinking about taking this job. And he was very supportive of that. And So I went and worked for a builder for several years, and then that didn't work out as well. The work was great, but I just had some personality conflicts with the builder. He was a great builder and everything, but he just, his personality was just kind of odd. And I found that I wasn't very happy. And so I ended up telling him I wanted to go ahead and leave. And then I went into business for myself, then rehooked up with Larry Gilland again. And by this time, we're getting into about 2002 and AIBD, which at that time I I had never heard of, had a conference in Colorado Springs. And Larry asked me if I would go to that conference. I said, sure, that sounds real interesting. I went and I signed up as a member during the conference. And for me, it's been uphill ever since then. I'm so glad that uh, I, I became a member of AIBD back then. I often tell Larry Gillen that the best thing that he ever has done for me was hook me up with AIBD. Yeah, I hear Larry's name a lot. A number of people that have ra- risen up to be greats in our industry seem to get their start somehow connected to Larry. I uh, just recently watched that TED Talk given by Kevin Bacon about the game, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. We need to play that same game as the six degrees of Larry Gillen. <laughs> yeah. So you signed up in 2002. It took you 13 years then to get on the AIBD board of directors? Yeah, I was involved as the state society president for many years. I was a delegate for many years. And then as we were going into that restructure, I got more involved with the board. Right. Yeah, you were a Colorado society president for many years, I think. Yeah. Seven or eight, if I recall. And so, yeah, it was 2015 was when AIBD restructured and the state societies were given the option to go on and be their own organizations or kind of fold up. And uh, you then started a chapter in Colorado Springs. I did. And I'm proud to say that it was the very first chapter that we got set up. And to this day, it's still one of the most active chapters in our organization. When we have chapter meetings, we're drawing 25 to 30 people at these meetings. Oh, fantastic. And at the same time, then you jumped on the board of directors when it was the uh, uh, first time that the board was actually elected by the membership. That's right. 
remind me of what positions you work your way up through from there. Was it director right to internal vice president or was there one in between? Well, I started out as a director, but I believe it was just one year. And then I moved into external vice president and I held that position for two years. And I'm now finishing up my second year of internal vice president. And as internal vice president, you have volunteered to chair our conference committee and have grown our conference program from a once a year annual conference to five conferences so far planned in 2020. Good work. What was it that you did as external vice president? As external vice president, I was involved in the uh, high performance homes team quite a bit. And uh, if you remember that that uh, team took off that was in 2012 in Wilmington, North Carolina. And that's when we first got introduced to a roundtable discussion back then too, if you remember. And it developed the High Performance Homes team and we took off with that. And uh, that still seems to be one of our most prominent committees that we have today. With the High Performance Homes team, you got the, the opportunity to design a lab for the International Building Show, what, the last three or four years in a row now? I did. Yeah, that was like super, super fun. I remember when they first approached us, Cheryl did with HBA and we did the first lab and, and then it was such a success that they've asked us to do it uh, three times over. And uh, boy, I learned a lot with that too, because there's a lot of uh, different types of wall systems that you can engineer and design that are high efficiency. And working with the uh, builder, Matt Whitlock uh, up in New York, he was the one that built a lab and I was the one that designed the blueprints for him under the tab of AIBD's High Performance Homes team. And uh, I learned so much from that. I'm so glad that came across my table. It was all volunteer work, but very much worth it. Describe what the lab was about. It was a test to see how different types of wall systems that you could engineer or design. So it was a very simple building, rectangular shape, four sides, but each one of the sides of the walls was a different wall system. We would do the double stud frame wall. We would do another one using insulated panels in the wall. We would do another one that was advanced framing, 24 inches on center studs and kind of maintaining our window spacing to fit within those 24 inch spaced walls. All of them very neat, all of them very effective. It wasn't to present it that you would design your home with four different wall systems, but you could pick one that you like and maybe design your house that way. What other accomplishments has the High Performance Homes team taken on? We've done some live presentations at the IBS. Jennifer Pippin from North Carolina and I did a presentation on high-performing homes and what it means to design one for your home. And we did an IBS live show back, I think that was probably about 2014, something like that. That was in Orlando. And that was very nervousing for me because it, it isn't common for me to do public speaking and things like that. And AIBD has really helped me with that because I've been thrust into these types of things and become much, much better at speaking and presenting and talking. But Steve, I was never like that way before, man. I was like the shyest kid you'd ever met. I've heard that from a lot of our leaders in the past and working on hopefully developing some in the future too. What about details for the plans? Isn't there a library that the High Performance Homes team is still working on populating? Yes, we do. We've already got some downloaded on our AIBD website, but what we're doing is anytime we come across 
anybody that has a detail, like a roof framing overhang detail, where you want to kind of insulate all the way up into the heel of the truss to get better efficiency for insulating your home. We have details on that. We've downloaded them on our website. Uh, they're available for all AIBD members to grab a hold of. There's, <clears throat> there's CAD drawings, there's PDF drawings, there's JPEG drawings, whichever you want. And I've actually used them now. In the last couple of homes that I've designed, I have a sheet towards the end of my set of plans that's nothing but high-performing details. And I'm able to reuse those over and over again, and, and they're just fantastic. We're still adding to this library. It takes a little bit of time. There's something that I'm, I'm trying to do, and I don't know if it's the uh, control factor in me or what, but I want all our details to look alike. In other words, same fonts, same drafting style, same way that you dimension and things like that. So it's taking a little bit of time to get all the details together so that they all look alike and, and match. It's not a, kind of like a smorgasbord of different types of uh, drafting technique. But anyway, yeah, we're building on that. There are some available, and we hope to be adding some more here real soon. Fantastic. Is there anything we're missing before I move you back on to the conferences that we've been doing? I think that's about it. I know that there's a trifold that the High Performance Homes team has created that we're working on, possibly turning that into an app or some other form of useful resource. But into your movement into internal vice president, like I pointed out, we've grown the conference program to the point where we're getting 250, 300 people a year that we're getting to interact at one conference or another, or in some cases, every conference. Yeah, that's been very exciting too. Thank you for recognizing the work that I've put into that, but also I have to say that the AIBD staff, you and everybody else has done such tremendous work as well. It's just been a great team effort to put all these conferences together. If you haven't been to one, really try to make one of them because I'm so excited every time I come out of one of those. I have never been to an AIBD conference where I've come home and said that was a waste of time. I've always come home and said, man, this was pretty exciting. I'm regenerated and I can't wait for the next one. And thank you very much for the leadership that you've given us. It's easy for us to work the logistics when we have a clear plan. I think one of the things that, that you came up with that made it easy for the staff was coming up with a theme for each of the conferences. Yeah, that was something we wanted to add to each conference. So we have our education classes and even the field trips geared all around a certain theme. Like, for example, we had one in San Antonio, which is all on timber framing, including going out to a live site and seeing some timber framing factory. And a lot of the education classes were geared around timber framing as well. We had our first virtual conference back in April, and it was all about plan books and submitting plans and, and such. And that was very successful as well. Like I say, every conference is just absolutely amazing. I would believe it was under your leadership that we created the, the, the name of the series is Design and Build Conference, and then there's Spring, Summer, Winter, Fall. Yeah. Um, within that title, you brought back that roundtable or what you were referring to in, in Wilmington in 2012 as open space or unconferencing. You've brought that back to our conferences in one specific session, the, the D&B Cafe. Yeah, and, and those are always so much fun. You get to interact a little bit. And as much as I like education classes and sitting there, but when you're doing 
some all day long, by the end of the day, you get a little bit tired and stuff. So having something that's interactive in the middle of the day or something like that, it's just, it's like going for a walk or going for a jog. You just kind of feel really good about that. So I, I love those DMV cafes. They're one of my favorite and we're always looking for new ideas and how to present something. When I interact and I watch other designers interact in the cafe, you can just see it in their face. They're pretty excited about it as well. We've done drawing competitions. We've done just sharing ideas and thoughts and how to solve complicated problems within our business and such. I've seen young people new to a conference get heavily involved and stuff like that. I've seen some of our older designers that have been around a long time, past presidents and such, also interacting with everybody else. It's it's just a really cool thing to be involved in. So now, I think it's exactly three weeks from now or three weeks from tomorrow. What is today? Tuesday. Yeah, three weeks from tomorrow, you become president of AIBD. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to startle you there, Bernie. But, I know. Uh, my legs I are think- I think this is something you've been visioning, you know, since you became on the board, maybe. I don't know. Uh, You know, I, I I don't, I really don't know for sure. I mean, I kind of saw at some point saw it coming, but I was up for the task and I still, I still am. I'm very excited about it. The one thing that I fear, Steve, is that when my two years is up as president, that where do I go from there? Because I don't want to stop. I want to, I want to be involved with AIBD as long as I'm alive. So I don't know what's going to happen after that. (laughs) Well, let's just worry about what you want to have happen on July 1st when, when you get, or what, what you should, what, what is it you want to have to begin to happen? Okay, great. Well, is it okay if I read something that I put together? No, it's fine. Go ahead. Okay. Well, the reason why I kind of typed it up, because you, you had asked me, you know, maybe put together a, couple goals of what I want to try and achieve. And I, I gave it a, a lot of thought. You asked me this several months ago. and Well, that's I something them. that I, I sit down with every president before they get started. And I ask them to give me two things. What are, what are the two things you want to accomplish? Because so many times we've got this long list and, and there's going to be things that'll happen, opportunities that'll come along. And there's always crises. I mean, who thought that we were going to have to deal with, you know, everything we've been dealing with over the last three months. If you'd have told me four months ago that, you know, there would be no sports or you know, I couldn't go to a bar, or I would have thought you were nuts. So, but yes, I asked you to focus on the two things. So I'm looking forward to hearing what those are. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to read this to you guys and it's a page long. It will really, it will go really fast here, but I typed it up because I didn't want to miss anything. I didn't want to forget something that I wanted to share with everybody. So if you bear with me, I'll just kind of read what I what I put down on paper. So I'm following after some huge leadership talents of AIBD. The past three presidents have made some monumental changes that have saved AIBD's future. All three have done outstanding work, but if I were to narrow their contributions in a short statement, it was David Pillsbury that introduced a new AIBD governance. Kevin Holdridge instituted the AIBD chapters, and Karen Michelson maintained positive membership growth. For the past year, I have considered what role can I play to help and serve AIBD as president. So first, I want to make sure that the hard efforts of past presidents continue to move forward, even in the toughest of times. My two goals focus on a mission statement that we as a board created a couple years ago. 
that mission statement is building a better residential design profession, one designer at a time. What hits me is the personal and care towards one designer at a time. I want our board to fulfill this statement. Having spent my last five years on the board, I have always believed that our board and our staff are very transparent. Programs have continuously been created to give all our members many different resources to improve their design firms. But sometimes the connections are not made. Sometimes members don't know where to go to get help. I want to bridge that gap. I want every member to have a place to voice their opinion and share ideas. As some of you know, I have started up a coffee chat session on the second Friday of each month. That is just a start of my goal to help every AIBD member's voice to be heard. In this chat session, members can join in on an informal roundtable discussion to share ideas, network, and meet your board, staff, and each other. We have potential challenges facing us. We can prepare for the ones that history teaches us. We can also be united to face the ones that come at us unexpected. I believe a united AIBD is going to be the stronghold for every AIBD member. And we will have accomplished this goal if every, every member can agree on a single thought. And that is, I cannot afford to not have a membership and NCBDC certification with AIBD. That this organization is pivotal for my business and life as a professional building designer. I once said to my local AIBD chapter that every AIBD member should be certified. But before I can say this again, I must be certified myself to lead as an example. And I know this, that if I can do it, so can you. My second goal is to create a stronger AIBD connection with students, universities, and trade schools. Over the past five years on the board, this discussion has come up many times, and I know it is a goal that the board feels is very important. Only we still have a lot of work to do to achieve this. Programs like Skills USA and the Weber State Design and Build Day are just the start of this goal. I would like to see us expound in our involvement with students in the residential design field. I believe our local AIBD chapters or an improved AIBD chapter system can help. And I would also like to see our education committee become one of the forefront committees of this organization, helping establishing a place for graduating students to go to, go to as they embark on a residential design career. So that's my statement. It's been recorded now. Now I gotta make it happen. <laughs> that's the first step in goal setting is to write it down and then uh, share it so that you have accountability partners and uh, we'll help you with that. Where do I begin? You talked about how important it is to be certified and yet, and I, I don't say this to like throw you under the bus because it's kind of like monumental in the history of the organization too and that is up until our governance change in 2015, you had to be a certified member, a certified professional member 
to be able to serve as an officer in AIBD. That changed in 2015, but in five years, you're going to be the first president, possibly. There's still three weeks yet to go, <laughs> uh, but there's the potential that you could be the first president of AIBD that I know of that, that's not certified. But I also know that that you've been trying and and have had some roadblocks that that have kind of come up. But you were you were part of our standard setting group, and that would have been what in uh, the end of 2018, I think it was. And unfortunately, you didn't make the cut on that one. But I appreciate you making the effort because we needed a certain number of test takers in order to be able to validate the exam that we now present. But then it took you a couple years, and and you just recently tried to take the exam again, correct? That, that's correct. I just had some um, technical difficulties, and my computer had shut down while I was in the process of retaking that test. So I'm in the process of getting a new date scheduled, and if everything goes my way, it will be this coming Monday that I'll be retaking that test. And so I, I explain that process and kind of how you handled it and and, and and let me know, have you actually rescheduled that or or is that still in the works? Yeah, it's still in the works, unfortunately. I did connect with Proctor U today, this okay. morning. And you know, it's 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 typical stuff. I it's all gonna be worked out, but you know, Russie did a tremendous job of following through on that and trying to get me rescheduled. And then Proctor U told Russie, well, we need to hear from the test taker. And so Rusty passed that on on to me and and so I got a hold of Proctor U this morning and I'm the test taker. And and the comment I got back from Proctor U was, well, we can't do anything. We need to hear from your institute. <laughs> so I, I shared the email that we got from them that said we need to we need to talk directly to the test taker. But it didn't work. And so I put it back in Rusty's hands here this morning and hopefully he'll make some progress with that. It's a little bit frustrating, but I'm a very patient person. Um, it will be fine. Um, everything will work out just fine, and I'll be able to take that test here. I'm, I'm, I'm very sure, sure very soon I'll be able to take it. Well, thanks for the report. We are working remotely, and what's funny is since the uh, pandemic, I get a ton of emails of different organizations wanting to teach me how to give remote exams or sell me a remote proctoring service, and we've been offering remote proctoring and, and uh, distance exams for two and a half years now. So in that case, AIBD is ahead of the curve, but whenever you have technology involved, there are going to be glitches now and then. So I thought it was important to bring it up so that our listeners could hear that there may be problems. And I just wanted to hear, you know, your perspective on it and, and kind of how you resolve the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, too bad, but but maybe it was just meant to be. Maybe I needed to do this podcast before being certified just yet to be able to share what I've been going through and how I'm preparing for my test, how I've been, how it's been on my mind for for many many years, and and why it hasn't happened yet. I'd be happy to sh share with you, not not to make excuses for anything, but I have a feeling that I'm not the only person out there that's that's been going through this type of an. Uh, trail to get to the point of being certified. Well, thanks for making my job easy. Why don't you start with why it hasn't happened yet? Okay, great. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm a kind of person I, I really, I keep myself very busy. I have so many interests and so many different things. 
uh, it's hard for me to say no at some things because I want to do this, I want to do that. For example, the the involvement I did with the high performance homes team and such, one of the hardest things for me to do was to was to need to step back from that a little bit because I really enjoy it, have enjoyed it, do enjoy it, and I hope to be able to get try to find time to get more involvement in it as well. But anyway, the thing is, Steve, I just I load my table up. I loaded I loaded up too much, and taking the test is is not something that I take lightly. I, I want to do well at it. I want to be prepared at it. It's it's like anything else that I do. And I don't know if it's the, the, the designer in me, but everything has to be perfect, which that's something for me to learn, that things don't have to be perfect all the time. But I try to do a perfect thing with, ever, with whatever I do. Just ask my wife. It annoys her very much. <laughs> But anyway, it's, you know, time goes by very fast and, and, you know, things catch up with you and you realize, you know, you got to take care of this, this taking the test being certified. That was my number one new year's resolution when the year started. Well, so the year's it, not over yet. Yeah. It's going to happen, Steve. It is going to happen. If I have to shut everything else down, it's going to happen. <laughs> I believe you. And and let me share a personal experience because I think you're right. I think, you know, you you, you put in your application, you get approved sometimes the same day, and uh, but then you wait forever to take the exam because you want everything to be perfect. And I took up racing and triathlons late in life, like just a, a year and a half ago. Oh, maybe it's been... Well, it's almost two, it's two years ago now, believe it or not. I've just, probably right now is my second anniversary of, of triathlons. But last year, June 21st was when I, I went to pick up my packet. I was signed up for what they call a sprint triathlon, which is half of the Olympic length triathlon that you see the Olympians run. And I was standing there in line and I asked the lady, I said, that was handing out the the bibs and 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 all the race paraphernalia. And I said, how much trouble is it for me to upgrade from the sprint to a full Olympic triathlon? And she said, it'll take like three minutes. I'm like, okay, cool. And of course there was additional investment involved, but it was one of those spur of the moment decisions. Uh, you know, I had been working out regularly, but I had not been training for a one mile swim, a 25 mile bike ride and a 6.2 mile run. That was my first time doing it. And, and it was a decision on the spur of the moment and, and I, I realized at that time that if I waited until I was ready, I probably would still be racing sprint triathlons instead of full length ones. But as as turns out, I thought I did terrible. I was packing up and then all of a sudden I heard my name called and it turns out I won my age group. And now I'm signed up in August of this year for the age group nationals. So wow. I am, you know, so it was like, that's, so that's the second moral of the story is, is first of all, don't wait till you think you're prepared, just do it. And yeah. then the second moral is, is that no matter how bad you think you're doing, hang in there and finish because you never know, you, you may end up being just a, a few seconds ahead of the curve there. So, so that's, that's my personal contribution there to that. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me and everybody else that's listening because that is very important very important and I've heard that too from you know I've talked to other uh, members that are certified and I get kind of this a very similar comment back this is that is don't overthink your studying just get out there and do it and they're right I mean 
when you think about it, I mean, I'm 30, what, 30 years out of college. I can't possibly remember everything that I was going through in, in college. So there's things on the test that I just don't remember anymore, but I just need to get, I just need to go through it and take it. And, and the NCBDC has done such a fantastic job with recreating this exam. I, I just love it. And, and now we can take the take the tests and we can find out where our weaknesses and strengths are. Although I, I probably know where they are without you telling me what they were, but it's just, it's just a, a very good system that NCBDC has set up for us. And I'm so happy that I'm in this time right now that I can take the test the way it's prepared for us now. And so how are you preparing for it? I got to get over the, the fact that I can't be perfect on it. I can't, when I took when I took that uh, initial test in 2018, I, I believe I spent about four days prior to the test studying, and then when I took the test, I was I was almost shocked at myself because I wasn't coming across any questions that I studied. In fact, I felt like maybe just as a rough number, maybe 10% of the test were areas that I felt like I studied. Oh yeah, I remember reading that. And I know the answer to that, but only t- like 10%. The rest of it was I, I either already knew it or I was doing a multiple guess on the question. So I really learned from that. I overthought my planning and preparation for that. Now my approach as I'm getting ready to, to take this test is focusing on not overthinking the studying part. I do need to be prepared. I have all the books that were called out in the handbook. And the way that I've prepared myself is is I've gone through all the books and I've put little um, sticky notes with a, with a label on it so I can find things easier because with the test, you know, and in anything, you know, if someone asks you a question you don't know the answer to, you can always Google something and find the answer. But with this exam, you're under you're under a clock. Plus, you're not allowed to Google the no. answer. <laughs> no, but you're under you're under a clock, so you don't have time. So I'm trying to prepare all of my books with notes and tabs so that I can find things quicker if I don't know the answer. And that that's a big part of what I'm counting on. The other thing that I, with the first test that I took in 2018 compared to what I'm preparing right now that I, I, I didn't spend enough time looking at, but in the handbook on pages 39 through like 44, there's a breakdown of the number of items that you'll be tested on and how they count towards your points that you get. And that has been the best thing for me to review all the subjects that are going to be talked about. Instead of me trying to remember everything that I learned from college, which is impossible, I I have a pretty general idea now of what's going to be on the test. And I just need to make sure I have those subjects pointed out in my books so I can help myself. Now, I also, in preparation, I've also set aside or made more handy closer to me the books that I think that I'm going to use the most. And some of those are that include the, the IRC. I have the Dictionary of Architecture and Construction right in front of me because if I ever get to a point where there's a question and I don't even know what book to look, look the answer up, I'm gonna jump to the dictionary and see if the dictionary can't help me out with that. American Houses, the Field Guide for American Houses is handy and also the engineering book so I can have all the formulas in front of me to do the structural checks. So that's that's one of the things that 
couple of things that I'm doing anyway to prepare myself for this test that I hope that I'll be taking on Monday. So share with everybody your experience right from uh, when you log into ProctorU and, and what can we expect as we take the test for our first time? If you're like me, you're probably a little bit, going to be a little bit nervous when you get started. It's it's almost a little bit intimidating because you have a proctor person on the other side and they want you to grab your, you know, you, you first of all, you set up your table. You're all ready to go. Your laptop's connected. Everything's plugged in. You're ready to go. And they want you to unplug everything so that you can pick up your laptop and using the camera and show what's underneath your table, what's along the side of you, what's behind you, because they want to make sure that your table's clean, that you're not, you know, basically so you're not hiding something and cheating or anything like that. So I, I that's a, almost a little bit disturbing because you're all ready to go and now you got to disconnect and, and undo everything that you just set up ready to go. But once you get past that and once the test begins and starts and, and you know, you see the clock ticking and you're like, okay, okay, uh, let, let's let, let's do this. But five minutes into that, it's almost it's almost fun. It's it's I feel like I'm playing a video game or something as I'm going through each of the questions. I I, I may not be doing as well as I'd like to do, but it's still it's it's actually kind of fun, uh, especially when you know the answer. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun when you know the answers. Yeah. So it's almost worth uh, investing in a like an external webcam that you can plug in the USB port or something. Yeah, I, uh, I actually did purchase one, but it must be coming from China because it's been two months and I still don't have it yet. Yeah, well, my wife and I were talking this morning. We ordered some of those uh, masks that you have to wear to go outside now, and we're still waiting on them. They said, you know, 10 to 14 days, and that was since March 8th. So yeah. <laughs> I think our, our world is on a different time clock right now, yeah. especially when it comes to shipping. Yeah. So being president causes a certain sense of urgency, I would think, to set the example by being certified. But as a professional, forget that you're becoming president. As a professional, why is it important to you? Credibility. And and I really think that this being a, a certified designer is something that should be recognized in all our all our building departments with the HBAs, all the builders in town. There needs to be more recognition of being a certified residential building designer. And we can't do that if if only a certain percentage of our organization is certified and the other percentage is not. If every one of our AIBD members were certified, that would carry a lot of weight going into a building department and saying, hey, we need some recognition as a building designer. You review our plans. It's been prepared by a certified building designer. There, there should be some credentials that go along with that. So it's, it's, it's important to me and it's important to me as, a, as an organization that we all, not just a few of us do it, but all of us do it. So that's kind of like putting the president hat on too, that, you know, that was my next question is looking ahead as an industry, uh, why is it, why is the certification important? Yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose I did put the president hat on. I didn't mean to. But, um, <laughs> it, it, I've, I've always felt that way. I, if When I read that uh, goal thing that I had for, you know, being president, I put a little note in there that I once approached our uh, local chapter and I said every AIBD member should be certified. 
I did that many years ago. And here I am, I'm not certified yet, but it did help some of us. I mean, we actually, we actually uh, organized a study group when, when I made that statement with the chapter a few years ago. And we got together on the side and um, I'm trying to think maybe there's about a dozen of us. The, the, and we had to study on our own too, because the, the rules behind that, we were not allowed to get a certified member to be uh, an instructor at our classes. So we studied on our own and uh, did very well with that. And I believe of the 12, including myself that were in that, about eight of, eight of those took that test back in 2018 and passed. Well, just to clarify, I, I don't know exactly what was being distributed back then as far as rules, but now, I mean, it's there's nothing wrong with a certified person teaching people uh, how to be a building designer. There may be some limitations that they would have if they wanted to become a member of our certifying body, because we try to keep the management of the certification separate from the education that we provide as an industry. But also the only other limitation is, is that person that's a CPBD that comes in to do the teaching can't be somebody who's currently sitting on our on our certification board. And as a matter of fact, I think they have to wait two years after they resign from the certification board to enter into the realm of preparing people for the exam with the theory that, you know, within every two years or so, those questions are getting, you know, refreshed and, and new items being put into make it to where somebody can't, you know, kind of teach you what's on the exam. Yeah, I think that's what, what I came down to, having someone, a certified member, come into our study group and tell us what's on the test. That's what we, that's what we could not do. Okay, guys, I've, I've run, no, I haven't come to the end of my questions. Bernie and I can talk for, for days. Matter of fact, we do it sometimes. But I want to give you guys a chance. Uh, we've got about 15 minutes left, so using the question box, any questions you have for Bernie that are related to the exam, related to him becoming president, or related to, uh, I don't know, what's what's the name of your new dog, Bernie, that the puppy oh, yeah. you got? Rusty. <laughs> Rusty, that, there you go. That's my uh, golden retriever named Rusty. Oh, I should be able to remember that now. <laughs> so once you become certified, you know, what's your plans to promote that? Or have you made any yet? I haven't made specific plans, but I definitely plan to promote it. I mean, it's going to immediately go on my website, immediately go on my Facebook page, um, immediately go on, on my set of blueprints that I send out. And then I'm going to I'm going to continue with my thought that I believe that every AIBD member should be certified. So I will try and promote that as best I can for the for the organization. Well, how about you know, every every certified designer should be an AIBD member too. That's, or that's, <laughs> should we not go that? I mean, we we can't require that from standard setting or international standards. But but I know that that we we work hard at and uh, hopefully influencing people that have taken the test. Because just so the audience knows, you don't have to be a member to qualify for the exam or even pass it and become a CPBD. Yeah. And gosh, there was another thought that I had that as I was talking, it escaped me. We've got no questions coming in. This is amazing. Yeah, while you're thinking that, Steve, for those attendees, how many of you out there have done what I've done and kind of procrastinated 
getting this done? I mean, you have you gone while and you still haven't reached that point where you need to where you've set up a time to take the test? Great question, Vernie. Let us know what's holding you back in the in the question box. It's, it's called questions, but it can be comments too. I think I can hear everybody typing. I just haven't <laughs> seen any pop up yet, buddy. Yeah, I know I'm not alone. I know that that can't that just can't be. <laughs> All right, here we go. CW says uh, he's been planning on doing it for years, but keeps putting it off. All right, CW, you gotta you gotta dig deeper than that, man. What what's <laughs> What's the obstacle? Let's, you know, we can't, we can't clear the road until we see the obstacles. So I know one thing that, that we're getting close to starting on is creating a practice exam. That's something that'll be available for people. It'll be half scale, meaning the, the uh, current exam is 175 questions. So this one will be like 75 or 80 questions. Uh, and instead of three hours, it, it, you know, it's a practice exam. So it's really not a deadline, but it'll be set at, at an hour and a half just to kind of help you pace uh, yourself. So we're, we just finished doing a review of the items that we have in our item bank that are pre-written and classifying them. Bernie mentioned uh, the breakdown on page 39, where it begins on page 39 of the candidate handbook. You know, there's been questions and those, that, that breakdown is, is, is categorized in four areas and then each area has a, a sub area and then the, every sub area has a, a further breakdown and so we've gone through to take an inventory to categorize each of the items so that we could take an inventory and see what uh, new items possibly need to be written in order to complete that practice exam and that's important because before you get to that breakdown either on the top of page 39 or on page 38 is a what we call a test blueprint and basically it's just a, a percentage weight of those four areas those four knowledge domains which are business administration business practices design and building sciences i believe and the each of the each of the business sections are 10 percent of the exam the design portion is 20 percent of the exam and the construction or business or i'm sorry uh building sciences part, the you know foundation, structural framing, and so forth, that's 60% of the exam. And so the practice exam needs to follow that same blueprint. All right, Shauna says that having no time to study with work and kids learning from home, and yes, I bet this COVID thing, if you've got kids, you're now a teacher too. So fortunately, I think that's coming to an end or has come to an end, the homeschooling at least for the next few months, I don't know. I've heard rumors that schools might be getting started earlier uh, than this fall because of the situation. But Shauna, we hear you. Life is the thing that gets in the way when you make plans. And CW has narrowed down his, his obstacles. He says that he's finally purchased all the recommended books, which was an investment of about six to $800. And I, I appreciate that. He also says that he's trying to find some time to study and it's been hard for him. He currently has a contract to uh, work for a local architect. He does all of that architect's design and also has his own design shop. So he's very busy, and I I, I can appreciate that too. I mean, we're we're business owners. We want to jumpstart our career with the designation, but it seems like you know the further we get into having a, a business and a career, the farther we get away from 
taking the time to do personal development. So any any more thoughts on that, Bernie? Yeah, just just good job, CW, for, you know, for, you know, being transparent and just, you know, putting it out there because that that in itself will help you prepare for the test and and uh sounds like you spent a lot of money on books, man. On Amazon, you know, you can for those of you that are, you know, trying to still build up your library, <clears throat> they do have used books and and such at uh uh, discounted prices that maybe that'll help out as well so you're not having to invest that much much money in books and such but cw those books i have them all as well <clears throat> and they're all very good books so it's not like it's going to go to waste once i'm done with the test these will be books that i'll be able to have in my library for the rest of my career so they're they're very good but don't overthink the test you know just uh, i'll give the same advice that's been given to me is just jump out there well, here's a book that I read a while back. Back when that's partly what caused me to start working out and then ultimately became a triathlete, but it's called The Compound Effect. And I'm currently reading it again for, I think, the third time. And basically, it, it starts with that story of a penny a day doubled every day becomes a million dollars in 28 days. And for those first 20 of the 28 days, if you were to actually chart it, it looks like you're making absolutely no progress. But then all of a sudden, that last week or two, it just, you know, an exponential chart, you know, it, it skyrockets. And and then what really drove it home for me after reading the book was a story that comedian Jerry Seinfeld told. A comedian starting up came and asked him, you know, how, how do I be successful as a comedian? And he says, well, you write jokes every day. And then you get a calendar and put it on your wall that has all 365 days on one page. And every day that you write a joke, you put an X through it. And the next day you put another X through it. And then the next day, and when you get to the third day, you have a chain. And then your, draw, your, your goal then is, is to never break the chain. You know, I've learned that if I don't sit down and plan my week out and then open up my Outlook calendar and then actually schedule the tasks that I want to do this week, it, it seems like, you know, all of a sudden there's email that gets in the way or a phone call comes in and you know, but now with that being scheduled, you know, I get tempted to open my, my email and all of a sudden a reminder comes up that says, nope, you're going to be working on this task and for the next hour. And then I stop what I'm doing and, and focus on that task. So put it on your schedule. It, you know, we, we many times let the world dictate what, how we use our time, but you're, that's one of the few things in life that you actually can control is what you do yourself and what you say to yourself. So while you're doing it, so I, I encourage you to, to schedule 15, 30 minutes, whatever it takes a day, and put that on your calendar, set a reminder, and then put X's on the calendar and, and get it done. And, and that's a good point you bring up, Bernie, about the books, because I was, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know what, we should create like a used bookstore at AIBD and let people who have been taking the exam offer their books. And then I got to thinking, well, why aren't people already doing that? And then you answered the question, because they're good books. And that's what CW says. He says, they're all great books. Yeah. I keep thinking that I should have gotten them in his library years ago is what CW says. So, yeah. so I also want to bring this up. Kevin asked you a question here, Bernie. He says, the house that he's done so far are from people that have been referred to him by other clients. So do you think once you get certified that you really gain more work? 
I totally believe that, absolutely. <clears throat> I was voted in as designer of the year 2019 and I marketed that and I saw an increase of about 25 25% of my work just because of that being designer of the year. And I do believe that being certified is going to help increase my workload as well. Great answer, thanks Bernie. And thank you for the question, Kevin. We're coming up here, we only got a couple minutes left. Any final thoughts that you wanna leave with everyone other than an invite to coffee with Bernie on Friday? Bernie, any, any final thoughts you wanna leave everybody with? No, just I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak candidly and and uh, share the what I've been going through and and if anybody else has been going through a very similar thing, I I can totally feel for that and understand that and have empathy towards that. And just to, just the, the main thing that I would try and share is just try not to overthink the overthink the preparation for the test and. And it's like it's like jumping in the pool that's got cold water. You know, once you once you jump in, it's like, oh my gosh, but then your body temperature adjusts. Well, you'll adjust when you're taking the test and, and you might even find it fun to do. Great words of wisdom, Bernie. And yes, join Bernie if you've got uh, more questions that you come up with after we uh, shut down today. I think you can go to aibd.org slash events and uh, the coffee chat should be on the on the calendar with a link to it. I believe I, there was an email sent out this morning. Possibly many of you are attending now because of that email. There was a link to the coffee chat. I know for some of you it's kind of early. Bernie's guest host for this Friday is our current president or outgoing president, however you want to say that, Karen Kasich Michelson. And she's in Alaska, so she's got to get up at like four in the morning to do this this uh, radio show or this uh, virtual show for you, Bernie. So I hope uh, she's not going to be cranky. <laughs> well, you know, just the fact that she's making an effort tells me that she must believe in what you're going to be doing as president. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Shout out to one of our CE providers, Ron Blank and Associates. One of the things that he's done to help you prepare. He offers, ronblank.com offers free one-hour CEU-type presentations put on by a number of different manufacturers. And if you go to ronblank.com and click on the, the divisions tab, you'll see that one of the divisions is AIBD. And uh, so their online education is broken down using that same breakdown that is on page 39 in our candidate handbook. So. After you've looked at that and you feel like there might be some areas you need to brush up on, go to ronblank.com and check out the AIBD divisions and see if, if they don't offer some education in those areas that you feel like you want to learn. So with that, Bernie, thank you for taking the time to uh, share with us today. Audience, thank you for taking the time to be here to uh, ask the questions and, and to participate with us. And uh, Garrett, Staff member, communications director in the background there, thank you for helping us with all the technical support. You know, it takes the people in the behind the curtain to actually make this happen. So with that, we look forward to uh, seeing you back here again one month from today on Let's Talk Certification. Thank you. Thanks, Bernie. Have a great day.